Bible says, move your heart closer and closer to God, and then God will come closer and closer to us. We've talked about the, the power of God, and we've talked about how to have this encounter with the Lord. We went through some various ways in just the last couple of weeks about how it can bridge the gap. Last week, we, we started to bridge the gap, have that encounter with God in prayer. And when we talked about what it, what it meant to have faith-filled prayer, that our prayers have to be full of faith, not, not full of doubt, not full of unbelief, but let's be full of faith. That's why when we pray and we ask God for something, we must believe that we receive. In fact, the Bible says, unless we believe that we receive what we ask, that we won't receive it. So literally, the reason that God has not been able to come through in all, all of our lives to no more than He has is simply because I ask and don't believe. So we have to learn to discipline ourselves to through the fact if I want to draw closer to God, when I ask God, then I must believe. So faith-filled prayer. The second way is fervent prayer. Man, it has to be important to me. You know, I cannot take my time with God in, in any kind of a normal fashion. Man, it's got to be the most important thing to me on earth is for me to communicate to God and God to communicate to me. In fact, the Bible says unless I'm able to seek Him first, that means first place, first priority, first place in the morning, and that's what you're doing here today on the first day of the week. You could be off and yonder, but you're giving it to God because you're saying, I'm seeking God first. And I just thank the Lord for that. That's what God asked for, is that first priority. So, so it's got to be fervent in my life. <laughs> you know, for years... For years, the, the, the place I, I would have the roughest time is on Sunday morning. Because see, my, everybody wanted me to do everything on Sunday morning. I'm talking about prior to preaching. <laughs> prior to the, the preaching time in my life. I mean, everybody wanted you to do. There's, it seemed like on Sunday morning, it became divided in so many ways. And, and then Lane and I made for some firm decisions in our life, really from the point we came to the Lord. That Jesus was going to be first and nothing or no one else was going to get in that way. And so what we've done all these many years, we've just put Jesus first. Now things no longer try to crowd that because the devil finally learned that, man, I'm, we're going to put God first. When we wake up in the morning, we're going to give God the first moments of our day. And then on, we're going to give God the first day of the week. And we're going to try because that's what the Bible says. Honoring the Lord with the first part of our life. Fervent. Everybody say fervent. The next thing is personal altar. We talked about that last week, about the importance of having that personal altar. Man, that's so powerful. All right. And then we talked about the public altar. We talked about high some, some people say, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever going to come back into the church. I'm going to tell you what. If you want to be a part of the church, you've got to. You, you've got to find ways to, to squeeze in closer and closer, tighter and tighter to the church. Because not only is there a personal prayer altar, there, there's also a public prayer altar. There's a place for me to declare to the whole world how much I love Jesus. Now, I can declare to the Lord in my personal prayer altar. But when it comes to me declaring to the Lord, then I've got to squeeze in whatever I can do. I have to squeeze past fear. I have to squeeze past doubt. I have to squeeze past inferiority. I have to... Squeeze past insecurity. I have to squeeze past to declare to this world 
how much I love Jesus. And that's what we do by meeting here. Uh, that's why we do have a church. Because we're declaring we're not just a single voice out there, but we're many voices that love Jesus. And I want the whole town, I, I want everybody to know there's a group of people that love Jesus with all of their heart. Then there's fighting altar. I want to talk to you this morning. I want to close with this. I want to talk to you about having a fighting altar. You know, so many times the word fighting and altar seem like it doesn't go to go together. But if I am going to get closer to God, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fight past some things. You're not going to just generally say, well, you know what? I tried to I tried to have a personal prayer life. I tried it for three weeks, you know, and then I gave up. If you're going to get close to God, you're going to have to be willing to fight through some things. At times, you're going to have to fight past people. And certainly, you're going to have to fight past the devil. I'm going to talk about three phases of that fight this morning. What am I going to have to fight through if I'm going to get close to God? There has to build a fight in me. You know, I, I don't know what kind of religion you have. I, I do know many of you. I know what kind of experience you got. But there's something about our experience with God that brings out the fight in us. Yeah, you know, I, I know we're meek and lowly as believers, but that's when we're dealing with other believers. But I'm going to tell you what, we're raging lions when it comes to dealing with the devil. And unless your faith increases through that raging lion, then you're going to never break through some things that the devil's built in your life. What you've got to allow yourself to do, become aggressive in the spirit. You've got to allow yourself. You've got to ask the Lord, make me an aggressive lion. The, the Bible says that we're, we serve the lion of the tribe of Judah. Well, when we're little lions like unto the lion of the tribe of Judah. There is that in us that is willing to fight and do what it takes to break beyond what the devil, what the restrictions the devil has tried to place in our life. There's not a person here this morning that the devil has not courtyarded or put a dog pen around your life. And he tries to tell you, you got to stay in that pen because that to you, that is life. And the devil spends your whole life trying to convince you that there's all there is to life. That's why you have a problem praying. That's why you have a problem with fear. That's why all the things that try to defeat you keep you depressed. But I'm going to tell you what God has built inside of each one, each one of us as a believer. He's built inside of us the raging lion. And we refuse to be pinned in by the devil. And we will not allow the enemy to put the restrictions in our life that will keep us from God. Some sins in your life become restrictive. You've got to determine if I had to spend my whole life getting free, I'll spend my life getting free. I had rather spend my life fighting past the things that the devil has put in me to where that I could experience 10 minutes of freedom before I go home and be with the Lord. You know, I determined years ago that when I stand before Jesus... I want to stand before Jesus as a free man. Much of my life here on earth has not been. Much of my life here on earth has been in the midst of bondage and fears and various things.
where the devil put me in his little pen. But I've determined I'll spend the rest of my life fighting past this stuff to where that when I stand before the Lord, I want to walk in as Jesus' free man. Now, I want to be able to tell the Lord that His blood was not wasted on me. (laughs) And the power of the Holy Spirit was not wasted in me. Amen? I want to fight past these things. Amen? To get to the place. All right, the first way is we have to understand we have to wrestle with God. Now, we, we, don't, we don't put those things together uh, so many times, but we have to realize that, that wrestle with God. And Genesis chapter 32, 35, it talks about Jacob's life. And in Jacob's life, how he wrestled with God. I'm going to tell you what, there's things in each of our lives that we have to be willing to wrestle past. And the word wrestle, it means, it means a, a continued war until victory comes. And we have to understand, if I'm going to wrestle with God, there's certain things in my life that God will not tolerate. And the devil spends his time trying to place those in my life. That's why you have such an issue, or we have such an issue with unforgiveness. That, that, that's why we have such an issues with anger. That, that, that's why we have such issues with resentment. That's not normal. It's because it's been empowered by the enemy. And if I'm going to get close to God, I've got to allow myself to have an aggressive warring spirit. In fact, the Bible says that, that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And how many violent people do we have here this morning that's willing to take God's kingdom? Yes. There has to be a violence in our prayer. There has to be, has to be a violence in our prayer life. I dare say this. If you don't have, don't have a violence over your faith, you're going to wrestle with sickness all your life. You have to come to a place to where you're willing, whatever that sickness is, whatever it is, I'm willing to wrestle that thing down in the name of Jesus. Now, God has given us power and authority over all. Everybody say all. Over all the power of the enemy. God has given us authority that will break the powers of darkness. God has given us His name that will overpower anything. I'm here to tell the devil that this morning, that Jesus' name will overpower anything that the devil has tried to throw at you. And in the midst of that, the devil places all these things or sets people up. So there's going to to be a warring spirit to wrestle with God. Because as God desires to do, that's happened in the life of Jacob. The life of Jacob, Jacob means deceiver. That, that, that's what he was. And in fact, there's three names that's vitally important in the Old Testament. There's many names that are important, like David and Moses. But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our entire faith is built on what God began and God worked in those men. Well, when it came along to, to Jacob, his name meant deceiver. And that's what he spent his life doing, pretending to be somebody else. You know, I'm amazed that in my own life, that what I put forth, the image I try to put forth, sometimes the image that I put forth is so different than the person that I am. I mean, you get in a worldly group of people, and what do you do? You, you try to become like them so you won't be strange for them. 
See, a lot of us spend our life living lives of deception too. Trying to pretend that we're something that we're not. (laughs) Or trying to downplay our commitment to God. We don't want to be found strange in the world. I'm here to tell you, it's time for believers to be strange to the world. It's time for believers to rise up in that aggressiveness, love for God that is strange. The Bible said we're aliens. We're aliens when it comes to this world system. You're supposed to never fit in with the world. You're of this world, but honey, you're not of it. You're not made of it. God didn't create you to be worldly in your life. So we have to just determine that. I'm going to be aggressive. We have to war against or wrestle with God over the things in our life that are hidden. That's what Jacob did. In Genesis chapter 32, as he began to wrestle with God, Jacob found himself living a life of deception and then found himself alone. I'm going to tell you, that's what the bondages of darkness would do. The bondages of darkness in each of our life would put us in places of aloneness. And in that aloneness, the devil thinks he can destroy you. But I'm going to tell you what, there's a wrestle with God. That if I will wrestle through that thing, that if I will not allow the devil to tell me who I am, if I will not allow the devil to tell me what I can do, if I will not allow the devil to tell me what I can have, and if I will not allow the devil to tell me what I can be, then if I can allow God to begin to speak into my life, I tell you what, that's the thing that makes an a vessel aggressive against the enemy. It's when you begin to hear God. You hear Him in Scripture. You hear Him by the Spirit. You can hear Him in a song that's sung. You can hear Him at just as, as the whispers in the night. But when a believer begins to hear the voice of God speaking to them who they are, then that begins to work an aggressive change and you're willing to wrestle with God to become the person that God's called you to be. God's called you to be something special. God's called you to be something great. God's called us to be something precious in His name. And we're willing to wrestle against that. But not only do we have to wrestle against our God, not only do I have to war with God at times to, to become the person. The Bible said that Jacob wrestled with God. And as he wrestled with God, then he would not let God go. You have to have a hold on God. You've got to have a hold. And you say, I will not stop until I'm free of this addiction. I will not stop until I'm free of this bondage. I will not stop until that anger leaves me. I will not stop until purity of mind takes a hold to me. I will not stop till before my marriage becomes what God's called it to be. I will not stop before my family is able to be the family that God wants it to be. I will not stop. And so that's what Jacob did. He wrestled with God and he would not let go of God because he knew that God had the power to change him and God had the power to bless him and God had the power to help him and God had the power to change him. And so he held on to God. And then finally God touched his thigh, touched his help. And when he did, that touch of God. You know, the help is your strongest joint. And that's what God is trying to speak to our hearts. That which you feel like is the strongest 
in the flesh in you that God is able to still touch it. Some of you are living under a family curse. You're angry because your parents were angry, because your grandparents were angry, and because it may go back to many generations. And that thing may be so strong in you to where you feel it's uncontrollable. The same way with sickness and disease. Some of the diseases that you fight, they came by way of a curse. They came by way of your parents had cursed your grandparents and goes further back. And each generation that the devil can keep that going, the stronger it gets. But what we as believers are able to do, we're able to put a stop to that curse. We're able to get a hold to God and wrestle with God over that curse that's trying to be up on our life. Some people are depressed because their parents were depressed, their grandparents were depressed. Some people are in living certain lifestyles because that's the lifestyle that they, their parents lived and that's the lifestyle. But I'm going to tell you what, God has not made you to be molded by your parents. God has made you to be molded by Him. Once Jesus comes into your life, God has done a work. God has preciousness and that's what we call being born again i've been born again not of flesh but i've been born again of spirit i've been refathered from above i have a new set of parents in heaven and i'm gonna tell you what there's not one bondage on my heavenly father there's not one sickness a hope to jesus there's not one devil difficulty that's taking place in heaven that's why you can stand here today aggressive in the spirit And you say, God, I will not let you go until this thing breaks, until I find the freedom that you have for me. Amen. Amen. As long as you play patty cake with the devil, he'll play slapping to you. Every time you play patty cake with the devil and you think this thing's going to be easy and I'm going to be able to change easy. God's making a warrior out of you, honey. God's making a warrior. He's making a warrior spirit. He's causing the lion of the tribe of Judah to come come to you. And some of you have got to break through that. You've got to break through. Some of you say, I can't feel God. That's a lie of the devil. The Bible says his sheep know his voice. You've got to break through that. That's a lie. Quit speaking lies that the word of God declares to be lies. You can hear God. There, your spirit can come alive where you can begin to see into the realm of spirit. You can see God. And God can help you. You can feel the presence of God. Some of you say, I've never felt the presence of God. I want you to know, that just means you've been deceived all your life. You've never broken through that realm of the flesh to be able to touch God. The Bible says we're to feel after God. I'm to take my senses and say, senses, you've been able to sense hot and cold and and this, that. I want you to begin to sense God. And when a believer is, they're alive to be able to touch and to feel and to know and to sense God. So whatever it is that the devil has or that God can free you of. That's the place that you zero in. Number one, I wrestle with God. Number two, I wrestle against the devil. There's some things that are not just curses. They're the hand of the enemy that comes into people's lives. 
there were certain things in my life to where that I could pretty easily find freedom from. But there are certain things, and, and they usually are become a lot less number of those things. But I, that the devil has tried to work in my life using me as a puppet with his hand. What I'm telling you, there are certain things we're all going to have to be delivered from. There are certain things that only the name of Jesus is going to be able to get me free of. And I have to be willing to wrestle with God to become. And then I have to be willing to wrestle with the devil to get out of. Those things that the devil's hand has been slid up in my life. And as long as the devil's hand is slid up in my life, I'll never be able to find the closeness with God that God intended me. It was years and years ago, really about 35 years ago, I was in such bondage I tried, I tried every form of counseling. Now, I believe in counseling. I, I, I believe that there's things, just like I believe in going to a doctor, God can anoint, God can bring a miracle, or God can anoint a doctor to help you. But I also believe that a person can be sick mentally, just the same way they're sick spiritually. But mine wasn't like that. When I was in such a state of depression and suicide for that many, many months. I went to every known physical help I could find. I was sitting trying to get somebody to help me. And no one could help me. But God came. During that period of time, I knew if I was going to get out of that, I would have to become aggressive in the Spirit. I knew I would have to learn how to fight. That was back in the day where the term spiritual warfare was a foreign term. I can remember sitting underneath that bondage and recognize that this wasn't a normal depression. And I realized this that I was fighting wasn't of normal origin. It wasn't the same discouragement that my parents had fought. It wasn't the same thing. And I ask God, strengthen me to be able to fight out of this devil. And God did. Every morning I would get up, he would pour a little more juice <laughs> into my life. It started off with just a glimmer. It started off with, you can't see help. You can't even feel. I, I, you would feel like I would never be free. I, I would feel, have that feeling I will never, ever be free. And I can remember one night I was laying there in such a deep, dark depression. And I remember saying these words to God. I remember saying, God, I'm falling. And I can't stop. To me, the picture that was going on in my mind that I was falling as you would fall into the Grand Canyon, I was falling into this deep, dark chasm. 
And I couldn't stop myself. Up until that night, it seemed like I could get a hold. Every once in a while, I could hold on. But that night, I couldn't get a hold. And I remember I said, God, I'm falling. And I can't stop myself. As clear as ever heard anything. Out of the midst, even in the depressed state I was in, the voice of God spoke to my heart and said, Jerry, <laughs> go ahead and fall because I've got a net <laughs> that's going to catch you. And that night, God caught me in the great net of the Lord. And he began to bring a strength of grace. Somebody say grace. I, people wrestle with grace. But people don't know so many times what grace is God's strength that pours into your weakness, that will take your weakness and will make it strong. Whatever it is that the devil has weakened, whatever it is, whatever drain that the devil's had in your life, grace is God's strength. That's why the presence of God and finding the presence of God is so important. Because in the presence of God, we become strengthened. What happens is this. If you can get a picture of this. I want you to see me standing here. And and I can sense God's presence so real right now. In fact, ever since I went through that battle and fought my way out, I do not know of any day I have not felt the presence of God. So there's going to be war to you after your battle. But I want you to get a picture of me. And then I want you to see a a great picture (laughs) A drinking picture up above me. And don't you get a picture of God pouring into my life. That's what happens when I stand in the presence of God. I was with someone last week and I was praying for them. And I was, I was praying that very thing. Lord, you bring your, I call it oozing strength. I, I, call it, I, say, I say the strength that God oozes in you. The, the strength of God from being in the presence of God. And being in the presence of God and you loving on God. It's so important for you to recognize that because God's strength begins to ooze. I'm going to tell you what. When his strength begins to ooze, miraculous supernatural things take place in you. There becomes an oozing of supernatural strength for the battle. But healings take place. I I stand before you right now and I just love to kneel like that. See, because several years ago, I could not kneel like that. That I, I had stage three uh, um, uh, arthritis in my, in my knees, and I, I could not. And I, when I would try to preach, I'd have to preach like this right here. And I did that so many Sundays across that stage in there. I would be so ashamed. I would think, you know, but man, you never have to be ashamed when you're walking forth and you're fighting to get into victory. Honey, you may be dragging on a cane or you may be down that floor crawling, but man, if you're going to your victory, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're having to do, man. You're fighting your way through. You're going to get through this thing. And you're going to get over this thing. And you're going to get out of this thing. And things are going to change. And in the process of that's, that particular healing came in me through the presence of God. It's just standing in the presence of God day after day, day after day, day after day. And I could feel it oozing. I can feel it oozing right now. I, I, I feel it, the strength of God. It, it oozes in us as we stand in the presence. And I could feel it oozing into my knees. And, 
And I could feel the healing of Jesus as it was healing that arthritis and, and driving that arthritis out of my knees there. Actually, I don't believe there's anything in the world that a believer cannot be helped of by standing in the presence of God. And, and that's why the devil has worked so hard to keep you from the presence of God. But if you've got a warring spirit, honey, if you've allowed God to bring the aggression of the lion of the tribe of Judah in you, <laughs> this thing's not over. This thing's not over. What they say, it's not over till the skinny woman sings. <laughs> That's not exactly it. But it don't. God can help you. God can change you. Right now, Steve, won't you bring it up? Won't you bring us to a close? We're just going to lift our fire praise unto the Lord. <laughs> I just want you. Presence of the Lord. Nothing else. Strain your spiritual muscles Nothing to sense else. the presence of God. Nothing else. Exercise your spiritual muscles. I just want Exercise your spiritual muscles to sense Nothing the presence else. of God. To love on God and Nothing let Him else. love on you. And let his strength and let his grace ease from heaven's Oh, let the presence of God. 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 Because you're going to get free and you're going to get healed and your life's going to get well and your family's going to change and things are going to turn around and God's going to birth in you on what only He can do.